you know, when we were struggling, we, we, had, we, saw, we held our little baby and we said, what do we want 10 years from now? It's the most important conversation Elizabeth ever had. What do we want? To, and we said, we want time freedom. We don't want to worry about money. We don't care about wealth. It wasn't about big amount. We weren't like, oh, I need $7.8 million. It was, we didn't want to stress about money, which really made things easy. We wanted control of our time and we wanted to be able to travel when we wanted to and make our own schedule. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, I have on Vince Puglisi, author of Freelance to Freedom. Vince has been a friend now for some time, and getting to read his book has been eye-opening and pretty darn encouraging. One of the main reasons that I wanted to have him on is that the gig economy or freelance economy has been a hot topic um, with me and a lot of other people because... A lot of the data is coming out that soon a lot of the world's jobs will be freelance. And so we get into you know what makes you a freelancer, uh, and he's really practical on some of the steps you can take. And the book is extremely practical and really well written on uh, if you were considering this, what steps you should take. This is also a great uh, podcast if you have a family, you've been considering this, but also just listen to Vince's mindset. This is the mindset that I'm really wanting to portray in my own students and my own children, uh, that opportunities are everywhere, let's go out and make a difference kind of attitude. All right, so I know you're going to love this one. Uh, Make sure you take notes and get back with him because he is a really, really helpful guy. So without further ado, Vince Puglisi. I'm now joined with Vince Puglisi. Vince, I've known, again, I think I've said this so many times in the podcast. One of the things I love about this podcast is I get to meet and then make friends with guys like you. And I'm not sure, how did we meet? Like, who I don't know. I like, one, one day, either I sent you a message, you sent me a message. Anyway, pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I reached out to you. I think I had heard your podcast. Maybe it was with Seth. Yeah, I, you know what? Yep, yep, yep. I think it was. Yep, you're right. That is. That's the origin story. So anyway... You reach out, I get back with you. I start, we start, you know, broing out and I dig the things that you do. And you're like, no, I dig things you do. And, and luckily, and this is not like, you know, me making this up. You were in the process of writing a book mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, as soon as you have that done, I want to have you on the show. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know that you'd finished it. And so one day you reach out to me like, Hey, how's the class going? I'm like, Oh, I got to have you on the show. And you're like, well, it's not why I called you. I'm like, I know. But now that it's out, let's have this. Let's have this discussion because one of the things I dig, and I mean dig, is that you wrote a book about the things that you're doing. It's not pontificating. It's not like, you know, this is all theory. You wrote Freelance to Freedom because that is what you've been doing. And I really want to get into the family aspect of this. So I'm just setting yeah. that tone here in a little bit. Um, but explain to everybody what Vince Puglisi does and how that set off this journey of finding this freedom in freelancing. It's funny. Cause like what I do, it's such an odd question to me because it depends on the day. Um, and that's the way I love it. You know, I'm a, I've been a professional photographer by trade for 23 years. I mean, the ups and the downs, you know, professional sports, presidents, um, journalism for all these years, weddings, corporate, everything you can imagine. Um, but that part of our life is changing very quickly with this book and everything that's come from it. 
And what happened was, I mean, I think we could back up even more, but a couple of years ago, I had so many people asking me like, how are you guys able to live this life that you live? Because you're photographers, you know, everybody struggles in the, in the arts. Um, and we had figured out some things and we had the plan of what we wanted with our family, which was freedom. That was the big word to us was we didn't want to live the life that everybody else lived. We didn't want to struggle with money. We didn't want to struggle with time. So we studied that. Uh, we studied people like Seth Godin and Tim Ferriss and no other photographers we knew were. They were studying photography and we kind of said we need to learn business. Um, and that led us on this path to where the book took shape, which I never expected anybody to read except for my mother. And now, you know, it's all over the place, which is wild. Um, but yeah, freedom became a, a big word for us, which I know is a, is a big thing with your audience as well. That's just kind of a little overview, but there's so much more before that. Yeah, I love that. And matter of fact, you kind of come out the, uh, the book swinging about, you know, describing about becoming weird. And, yeah. you know, kind of d d describe that, like, w and obviously you kind of already said it. I mean, while other people were studying photography, you're studying um, thought leaders and, and what they were talking about. Um, but your definition to the average person becoming weird is? Well, it was, it was, at first it was financial because we were in a situation where, you know, I was a newspaper photographer. I was at the top of my field, my wife as well. We were both newspaper photographers and I was making $15 an hour and we had a baby on the way. And, uh, it was one of those moments where I had just win this major award and I go in for my job evaluation. Like so many people can probably relate to, and that's where I've gotten with this was I got this great report. I did everything well. Um, and I got a 3% raise and, you know, Andrew was due the next month, our first baby. And yeah. I, I, I said to my boss, I said, you know, 3% of your salary might be something, but 3% of nothing is nothing. I was so, I was so angry. And there was nothing he could do. And I said, that's it. I said, I walked out of his office and I said, it's over. This career that I've worked for, you know, I can't do this. You know, when I was single or had kids, I was fine working 15 hours extra and making a little money. Like, I, that's what I, you know, I, that's what you had to do. But I looked out in the newsroom and I saw, I'm going to be like the rest of these people. I'm going to be 60, 60 years old and disgruntled and angry and unhealthy in working in a job that is not supporting me. And what happened was I came home to my dad, who was an entrepreneur. My mom was a government employee. So I had the contrast at home growing up. And I told him, you know, what was going on. And he said something that changed my life. He said, I've been trying to tell you this, but maybe you're finally ready to listen. He said, you have a skill, but you are not using it correctly. And I was like, well, you know, I was finally you know, ready to listen. I said, what do you mean? And he said, I've been telling you for years, you could do weddings, you could do commercial, you could do so many different things with the skills that you have as a photographer, but you're settling for security and benefits and a low salary because it's normal. And oh, man. That changed my life. Yeah. Oh, you just hit a nerve. Uh, my daughter and I, Ava, just were talking about, she said, people are chasing safety. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that I remember when we interviewed Seth, um, Hunter was on with me. He's, he's my 19 year old co-founder. And he was like, man, he was aggressive. And I'm like, but what he said though, is like, when you're telling people to be just like everybody else, it, it should stand out. Like, you know, I want you to do what everybody else is doing. So there's safety and mind you, there is a downside to not being safe. Like, when, when you're freelancing, you know, it's on you. It's on you. And, and if you don't work hard and if you don't carve out a good reputation, it is on you. And that's one thing when I get, when people get mad at me and they're like, Don, well, it's easy for you to say, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, but <laughs> freelancers don't take smoke breaks. 
Fre- freelancers want to make sure that their reputation is impeccable. And I, I don't think there's agree. anything wrong with that. You're a better, I'm a better citizen as a, <laughs> it sounds funny, but as a freelancer, I'm a better citizen than I am an employee because every yes. day I have to go and earn it. There's yes. nothing given to me. I can be fired by anybody at any moment. So, and, le- yes. So let me ask you this. I, I, okay. And I wasn't planning this and I want to get back to the book because I do love it. Um, especially no, no. the, the 20 good. questions. I love that 20 questions. But so I, I put out some things the other day that um, I got a lot of feedback on and some of it was negative in the sense that I talked about the fact that the gig economy is coming. Yep. And um, there are some people that believe that the gig economy is because Gen Z and Gen and, and you know, millennials like freedom. Like they, they value leisure time in relationships over, you know, Gen Xers like, you know, if you work really hard and you struggle through the job that you don't like when you're 55, man, life is good. Mm. And, you know, millennials go, why not enjoy yourself now? So that's supposedly part of the gig economy. The freelance economy is because of their lifestyle. But there's the underbelly of people saying, well, um, it's just a power struggle. People, big corporations are trying to get out of paying people. And I said, well, actually, it looks like the data says that a lot of the freelancers are working for young, nimble startups. And like, no, 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 it's all a ploy. And the average freelancer is probably, you know, not sleeping well at night because they don't have any, any security. They don't have any safety. I, I'm not prepping you to answer either way. You, you answer the way you feel. But uh, weigh in on that. Is, is freelancing inherently evil and people trying to get out of paying people? Or is it a benefit of freedom or somewhere or both? I think it's somewhere, I think it's a blend of that. And I don't concern myself with the first part because that's not my business, right? If somebody's looking at, that's not somebody I want to work for anyway. So I don't concern myself with that. I'm, I need to do what's right for my family and my life and for helping other people. And that's where it's lost. When I was a, an employee, I wasn't really helping too many people. I was doing my job that they asked me to do. I have to, I am in the business of helping other people now. That's what I have to be because that's how people are going to pay for, pay for what you do. Yeah. So it's changed me from being very self-centered to being outward, you know, thinking in terms of what do I do every day? I connect with people so much more now because, you know, the whole, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, jab, 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 right hook. It is true. He calls it guilt marketing, but it's absolutely true, but it absolutely works and it makes the world better. Where if you give enough, you'll actually get everything back you need more. Zig Ziglar, you know, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. And there are some people that are cynical that go, well, you're that's doing it for the wrong reasons. And I'm like, well, would you rather them do it that way or not do it at all? Which is what most people do, which is just concern themselves with their job. And I, I, I am so excited. For this. I'm excited for my kids who are 12, 10, and 6, the way it's going. I was born 20 years too soon because I should be a millennial. I should be the ones up in this because I love this mindset. It makes you so much more aggressive, so much more energetic. Like there's no malaise in my day because I got to go out and earn it every day. And I yeah. love that. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me just be the, um, the other side of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just doing it to be devil's advocate. Yeah. But then, then I'll talk to some people and like, but, but that constant you have to hustle is exhausting. Um, that that constant hustle is, you know, you will be fearful of, of what's not out there. Yeah. It's, it's I, I actually enjoy that. But here's the, the issue with that. When you do it right, and you do it consistently, you earn more and more freedom. We have to earn it. We have to do less and less every day. I mean, we're on a four-month road trip with our family. We have three kids. 
And I can work an hour a day right now or I can work eight. It depends on what I want to do, how I want to schedule it. That's all because we did all the stuff beforehand. So the, the, what they miss with that is the more, cre- the more freedom you create day to day by doing this right, the more freedom you open up in your life. And then what happens is, and most people don't get this because they don't get there, unfortunately, is when you create time freedom, then you create mental freedom because you have time to go for a three-hour walk and come up with an idea that makes you as much money in a year as, in, a, in a day as you used to make in a year because you can... Because you're, you're thinking clearly. You're not worried about going to work for a job, you know, a job you hate. You're not worried about the stress that you need. You're pretty much free, so it frees up your mind. And until we experience that, that's when the book came to me. Like, oh, my goodness, yeah. nobody ever told me this. Yeah. And that's when, when, when people argue with that because they don't see what's on the other side. No, I agree. I, and for that matter, circling back to the book, I, I – I think that it was so clearly written that if you're like, if you were thinking about this or dabbling, like there um, is at the end of phase one, just the 20 questions you go mm-hmm. over. Um, that was so comprehensive because, and, and literally like, this is a full on endorsement for people listening. Um, freelance to freedom. Like those 20 questions walk you through that if you answer it and you're honest with yourself, um, you can start going, you know what, maybe I could do this. Or you look at that and go, nope, I can't. Um, so I appreciated that level of um, honesty, but also practicality. Like here are the 20 things you really do need to consider. Um, like when did you start picking up on some of these patterns? And like you started noticing like th- this was kind of a mindset of a freelance of not just for a photographer, but freelancers in general. It's universal. Everybody's like, is this for photographers? No, it's for anybody that just wants to control their schedule and do the work that they love doing. And, and the, the main thing for us was, I think we go about it differently because we, we weren't into building a big list. That's the big thing now, like build a big giant list. That was nothing about what we wanted to do. We didn't, it wasn't even about becoming wealthy, which is the big, was the big thing. It wasn't like, oh, let's make as much money. What we wanted was two things. You know, when we were struggling, we, we, had, we, saw, we held our little baby and we said, what do we want 10 years from now? It's the most important conversation Elizabeth ever had. What do we want? To, and we said, we want time freedom. We don't want to worry about money. We don't care about wealth. It wasn't about big amount. We weren't like, oh, I need $7.8 million. It was, we didn't want to stress about money, which really made things easy. We wanted control of our time and we wanted to be able to travel when we wanted to and make our own schedule. When we set that in place, it's very easy to then make a 10-year plan and then go backwards from that and plan it out. Oh, man, I love that. And that's exactly what we did. So when everybody says it's overwhelming and you started the book, whenever I get overwhelmed and what I teach people, because I coach people on this now, it is we always go to the philosophy of better than yesterday. We just need better than yesterday. If you do that every day, you will outpace everybody with the big dreams and the the crazy ideas that go gung-ho they usually burn out, but when you go better than yeah. yesterday, you can't stop. Well, I, I think that I'm really glad you said that because there's a lot of people out there that are like, and you too can make money online and flipping houses on mm-hmm. Craigslist and you know, you'll be making 30,000 a week. And you're like, no, 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 no you won't. No. Uh, the, 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 again, you're, you're practical. Um, but I like that the, you guys started off with, uh, you know, like money's going to come. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I, I'm one of those persons that I remember when I was like a kid, I heard Oprah say like, you know, if you, if you do the things that you're truly called to do, like, don't worry about the money, it, it will somehow find you. Yep. And, and definitely that's, that's been a universal truth of most people I've interviewed, but that's not to say that they didn't have bad days. Um, yeah. Like some people, like I, I, I so appreciate their candor and honesty and say, well, some years sucked and just getting started sucked. But I knew that I was chasing what I was called to do. And I, I dig that, which is, but again, when I hear some people that either email me or call me, or I, I, I hear from, in some of the cases, parents, and I, and I, I know that they want the best for the kids. Like I'm not, I never get mad that they're like, Hey, this is scary for us because everybody wants the best for their kid. But what they want usually is a guarantee or a safety or the, you know, there's, there's strength in numbers. And if everybody's doing it this way, then everybody should do it that way. And I, I get mortified because I'm like, you're, it, it, the world is changing rapidly. And I, and I, that's one of the reasons why when we first start talking about, you know, the whole freelance to freedom, like people are starting to talk about it now. Like, I think uh, I've seen two studies now, half the world's jobs will be gig economy in two years, half. Now that's not, now that's not to mean that everybody's career, like there's, there's some people that work a nine to five and then pick up an Uber shift or things of that nature. But I mean, this is upon us and, and what I want students to know now is do you have a mindset of I'm going to go out and get it. I'm going to go find out what's next because that, that to me is everything. Do you have that mindset to find out what's next and how can you leverage your skills and, and, you know, chase freedom and cultivate that. Like I, in perfect example, like in my mastermind call today, we have a guy that he works for a, a, a big company and he's, he's looking for this. That's why he's in this. And within an hour phone call, we figured out that he could make more money consulting for the same business while freeing up more time. Also now being able to consult for multiple other businesses to make tremendously more money and also work on the side project that he is not allowed to do in his job because of his contract. Once yeah. he consults, he now can really go towards the thing he's passionate about while freeing up time and money with the consulting. But that's something that none of his friends ever thought about. Nobody in his co It's something where you need, it, people say, what do you do? And I really say, I give people the, the permission to think differently. That's what I do probably the best because yeah. so many people are stuck in the mindset that you're talking about. And we've been trained this since we were six years old. No, and, of course. Yeah. And I, but the best thing that ever happened to me was being a terrible student. I was, I, I found out the day before high school graduation that I was going to graduate. Like I never bought it when I was, you know, when I was 16 years old, I remember my guidance counselor saying, what do you want to do? And I said, I just don't want to wear a tie. That's yeah. the only thing I don't want to do. And she was so frustrated, but I really meant that as, as stupid as I was, I really meant that because I didn't want that path of 27 years old in a corporate job that I hate to pay the mortgage. And then go to, go on the train every morning. Yeah. Well, I I think one of the things that you're hitting on, and and again, I'm trying to play the role now. Well, hey, I've got three kids, you know, right? Yep. And and I have concerns. Um, but I think what the biggest concern for a lot of them is is like, you know, it is safety. Like, you know, parents don't like it when our kids walk too close to the ledge, kind of thing. There is this. Um, obviously this innate desire for them to always be safe and here, but I will say this, like as much as we're preaching, like you going out there and finding it, I, heck Gary V is also notorious for this. Like sometimes going out on your own is a very lonely, depressing thing too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I had a parent uh, this year and he, really nice guy. And he's like, Don, he's like, I love my nine to five. 
And I'm like, that's awesome. Like I like, I think that everybody should think like an entrepreneur. I think that you could be the, the most valued employee in your company if you think like this. Um, but there is obviously a downside um, uh, to freelancing, I'm sure. We dealt with it, yeah, without a doubt. And, but you adjust. You know, we had to adjust. That's where we joined like-minded people in different groups. Like in our entrepreneurial space, like we get each other. You know, I go to my kid's baseball game and I can't really kind of deal with it because it's no offense to if you're listening, you know, but it's, you know, it's complaining about politics or spouse or whatever it is. But I love growth mindset. I love talking about things that we can build <laughs> and they're not. Yeah. But when I get into my groups, we don't relate to those people. Like we're like this odd group of people like in high school, you know, that we kind of stand on our own, but we get each other. And yeah. <laughs> once if you're in the freelance world, you need groups like that because you get each other. That's and, so funny. That is so funny, Vincent. Yeah, yeah. We had the same thing. Uh, some of the students in our class were like saying, you know, we're starting to get annoyed by some of the other students. I'm like, why? They're like, they honestly care what, you know, fill in your favorite celebrity said. Mm -hmm. or, or, or they're like, you know, we lost last night. And then some of my students are like, you didn't lose. Your team did. You don't play for them. Nope. You know, why, why are you complaining about things? Why aren't you out there doing it? So I totally get that, which is honestly like the, the, the moment we started talking, I'm like, oh, this guy. Um, but I think that's why there's always a support group. You know, the, the people that like do well, what is that famous Eleanor Roosevelt quote? Um, uh, big minds talk of possibilities and ideas. Average minds talk of events. Small minds talk, talk of people. people. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's. If, if there's something I possibly want, well, probably being cremated, but if there, if I did get a tombstone, that may have been it. Well, um, she, she, I, th I think it was her also that said, do something every day, that, every day scares that scares you. you. Yep. Yep. And that, when you talk about the parents, see, I don't subscribe. Like, I want my kids physically safe, but I don't subscribe to the whole, like, I want them to have what I didn't have. <laughs> you know, you hear so many parents say, I don't, because I want my kids to struggle. If you read my book, uh, yep. if you know my life, my best stories, the stories that afford the bar talking that you'll be laughing out loud came from my biggest mistakes. Yep. They came from my biggest struggles. You know, my, my, you saw it, my, my two page spread in Sports Illustrated, uh -huh. I waited 18 years for that came from the most, one of the most physically painful days of my life. Yeah. And, and if it wasn't for that pain, I wouldn't have had that photograph. And, <laughs> So if, if, if everything was easy, like, honestly, who wants to read a book about a guy that graduates school with 4.0, whatever it is, gets all the accolades, gets the beautiful wife right into the Volvo and the great job. I'm not yeah. watching that movie. Yes. Yeah, oh, my. Vincent, we are living parallel lives. Because <laughs> so same way. I mean, my biggest success stories are on my worst nights ever. Heck, yeah. the reason why I'm married to the person I'm married to, because I had gut check time. And the same thing, like my kids, if they were sitting in here, they'd be like, oh my gosh, it's dad's story. I tell them at least once a year, if you wrote a story about your life, would anybody read your book? Yep. Go out and live a life that's extraordinary. So if we took that as parents and said, it's gonna, I'm going to bite my lip a little bit, I'm going to get worried, but they've got to go and take their knocks. They've got to go struggle. They don't yep. need it easy. We have way too many people that have been coddled way too long and they can't think. I totally they, can't, agree. they can't make decisions for themselves. So I don't, you know, I want my kids to, to fail because yep. you learn. Have and a little adversity. Old, yep. old, our oldest son is more of a perfectionist and that is our biggest struggle. Like it's okay for you to fail yeah. and make mistakes. Just learn from it. Yeah. No, I some of the most extraordinary people I know learned the hard way and have some adversity. And, and then the kids that I've, you know, that struggle in their adulthood, nothing bad happened. Everything was in a bubble. And, um, 
when the bubble was, you know, they're pushed out of the bubble. It was difficult. Yeah. All right. So something else I got to get to, and I, I was talking to some people that I was going to interview you about freelancing and um, people often like, I think it's the number one question is, and I know this is a little bit different than the average interview you do, but talk to me about healthcare. I just, cause I like, literally I, I talked to four people, like ask them about healthcare. It's um, so funny. When, when you decided to freelance, was that like a big barrier? It was not. And, and I'll, I'll let in some secrets on this, which is that when I say it, it, it really blows people away. Our healthcare costs are so low because we don't have a mortgage and we don't have a car payment. We have no debt. So we are under, you know, the government exchange, right? So for instance, just say you make a hundred grand and you have business expenses that knock your stuff down. You get to the point if you travel for a conference, that's a write-off. You know, things are changing a little bit, but it gets to the point where you're ta- you reduce your taxable income so much by being financially secure that even your rates are low. So we pay very uh, low. Okay. But, but if we had a $500 car payment each, you got to understand you're paying taxes when you make that money and you're paying it again. You're, paying, you're almost getting taxed double because now you are paying your rates. It's so hard to explain sometimes, but your rates are higher because your, in- your taxable income is higher. Yeah. Our taxable income is low. So being a freelancer and having control over that, like, okay, I have 5,000 extra dollars. I'm going to go to a conference with Seth Godin and Dave Ramsey. That's first of all going to help my business. And it also reduces my taxable income, but it helps us. So then even our, when we go to apply for healthcare rates, they're low compared to most people. So there's ways you use this to your advantage. It's very much like rich dad, poor dad, you know, Robert Kiyosaki. It's like, yeah. you it's the, the world is built for the self-employed as are the tax codes. And we're never taught that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everything that, well, it's funny. I might, my, um, what we talked, we've talked plenty of time off air, but like one of the things that I've really, really am so grateful um, for my mom and dad is that like, I remember when Roth came out, like mm-hmm. it was a thing in our family, like, wow, don't ever do traditional now because you can, you know, when you cash it in, it's tax free. And, yep. and, and almost kind of the same, same thing you're wanting to pursue with your family. Like my family valued travel. Like I'll, I'll, I'll just always for the rest of my life, be grateful that my dad was a teacher. My mom was a stay at home mom, which pretty much also makes her an education. Mm-hmm. I have seen the world mind you on a, the thinnest budget possible. We are always in a, in a pop-up camper. Um, but man, what an education I got because they wanted to give me an education of travel and of culture. And, and, and when we first start talking, when you're like, that was the thing that you guys were chasing. I'm like, Oh, well, I wrote that down. When we talked last time. I was like, if I would have spoken to you before, it would be, it would have been in the book when you said the greatest gift my parents ever gave me was the gift of travel. Yeah. I had that written down over here. It's from, that was from what, two weeks ago yeah. when you said that. And that would have been in the book if it was a year ago, <laughs> because that's what we're doing. We're on, we are on a, a tour with our family for the book, it's not really a book tour. It's kind of an anti-book tour. You know, we're not doing the book signings. We're just kind of meeting people. But yeah. our goal is to go to all 50 states this year. Yeah. And Gosh, that's how, so cool. Yeah, but how, but, but what I try to, you know, and people get, that when they see that, it's tangible. It's like, how, and, and people have those questions. How do you make money? What about school? Well, 
when we're self-employed and we've built a business that we can do from the road and we homeschool our kids and we have the kids involved in the business. So we're teaching them business. We're teaching them about money. We're teaching them about having the value of having two hours to do nothing and be bored and create something as opposed to being structured. It's everything that we want to be, but people don't see, they think we're, we're crazy. What I dig is as you go and you guys travel, you guys are doing anti-book signing kind of thing. You're connecting with people and having conversations. There is nothing more rich in the world than talking to people from different regions and different parts of the United States. And your kids get to do, your kids will be the most emotionally, socially, culturally rich kids. I, like, I it's, I, I, like, I'm speechless. Then seriously, I, I I, like, I mean, it's the greatest thing ever. Well, to us, like, I, I heard it saying, like, the best thing you can give your kid are great memories. And, yes. I, and, and so even on this, there's subtle things like, like, uh, oh, unpack that. Yes. Yes. Unpack that. Go back. Like, because winter, 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 normally winter memories usually created. They're created around two events. What are they? Oh, you're getting me. I'm, uh, Ho- holiday, holidays and travel. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Most people, look, most people like very people go, remember that Tuesday when I came home from school? No, no, you know, your, your, your memories are remember Christmas day when I, or remember that time we went to Niagara Falls when we, and, oh. well, that's, it's all like, and that's even Christmas for us is like our whole thing is, you know, we try to teach people, if you can figure out how to delay gratification, you will be successful in this world. Right. So even with this, this was the perfect Christmas for us. Cause instead of a bunch of crap of, of, you know, toys that they're going to be broken by December 28th, they opened up gifts and it was, we're going to the San Diego Zoo in, in March. And they're excited. And we're going to this cave in Arizona in January. So there are two things. It's the travel, but they don't get it right away. The anticipation and, of the travel. Yeah. yeah. So, But they also know that when we go to a store, they never get anything. Like Generally, they're going to buy it anyway with their own money. But if yeah. I'm going to get something, I'm going to ask them, you know, do you really need this? And they're going to think about it. And they're like, yeah, I do. Wow. I'm like, well, think about it. Let's come back in two days. And usually, guess what? They forget all about it. It's just slowly, gradually teaching. If you can delay gratification, you have such a higher chance of being successful later on in life. Vince, I we are this is getting eerie now. We are (laughs) leading parallels. Well, so Sue Wetrick. Okay, so it's uh, I'm going to set the stage. The year is probably 1978, and um, we had an airway. Wasn't Target back then yet, and so I really, really, really wanted some Midwest guy. And so um, I really wanted the Millennium Falcon. And uh, again, my dad was a teacher. My mom didn't work. So news alert, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, And so I was like, mom, I really want the Millennium Falcon. She's like, that's great. Do you have $24? I'll always remember. It was $24. And I was like, I don't have $24. She's like, well, when you you earn $24, I will take you to Airway. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right. So I get this thing called the AFNB Squirrels Club. Hopefully, I'm going to get some emails on this. People that are nostalgic, <laughs> and so the Squirrels Club was a kids' bank account. So AF and B had this thing, and I go there, and I felt so proud because all of a sudden I had a bank account and it had five dollars. And then all of a sudden I started doing odd jobs, and then um, I pick up a small scale paper route. And then a couple weeks go by, and all of a sudden I realized my mom was like, "Donnie, do you have twenty four dollars?" And I, I I pull out my bank book because I'm you know a big timer now, and I go. Mom, I have $75. And she says, you can buy three Millennium Falcons. Do you want me to take you to Airway? Huh. I'm really close to $100. Well, what do you want to do? 
I'd rather have $100 in my bank account. I want to see three digits. Long story made short, my neighbor whom I loved, who had everything, 10 years later, I went to a garage sale and I bought it for a dollar. I still have it. The it Millennium is, Falcon. I have, the, I have David Ramey's Millennium Falcon. And it will, ever, it will always be a reminder that delayed gratification was uh, like, I realized, like, I wanted to play the Millennium Falcon that day in 1978. And by 1988, I realized that the journey to get the Millennium Falcon was far more grandiose that if my mother simply would have gotten it, bought it, I would have went pew, 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 and then would have put it away. And I would have never worked that hard. I worked my face off for that $75. And then I realized, is like, is my Roger Bannister moment. I broke a four-minute mile. I, like, I, I, at age, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, I'll forget, I could have $100. I could be a hundred there. And that's, um, that's that was story. everything. That's a, that's a whole book right there. <laughs> It my is, journey, my journey to the Millennium Falcon. No, because just what you said. I only wanted twenty-four dollars essentially to get the Millennium Falcon. Then I had seventy-five dollars. Oh, I can get to hundred. Now you you take that kid as an adult with bigger numbers, and that's the difference between being wealthy and being poor. Oh, well, I will co-author a book with you, but <laughs> yeah. too busy. To, no, <laughs> man. Is this, is this, but anyway, I listening to you is going back to my own childhood because we are living so similar lives. And I dig that. I mean, I, and before people start logging off and saying, okay, enough of the bromance, but um, I just, I, I, I love it because you have done something neat. You have written a, like, and I will say this, when I say the word practical, people are like, oh, then it's boring. Absolutely not. There's some great stories from gut-wrenching to laughing, but if people want to be, and I think one of the greatest things that we can be aware of is the upcoming new shift in work, the future mm -hmm. of work. And you have given a really advanced look at what it is to be a freelancer and realistic. And like I said, there's like checklists and you know, here's what you should consider. And here's the thing, this is gut check time. So for those and many other reasons, I just, I love it. Um, <laughs> now I'm just gushing. Anyway, I appreciate. Um, it. Thank you. No, no, no. It's it's all. It's obviously it's sincere. Um, but in this, in writing all this, um, it sounds like you're even starting to make your own pivot. Like obviously, your freelance now isn't necessarily photography. No, but I think that was you said this at the top of the show. Now it's it's the mindset. It's not like, what am I going to do? Vince now can say, what am I, what, what am I not going to do? That's exactly, that's the yeah. more important question. That's what I try to ask people all the time. When you figure out what you're not going to do, it really paves the way. Because so many people, if they asked that, they wouldn't be on the train at 6.30 in the morning going to some job. They would be like, no, I don't want, you know, they're thinking I have to pay for the mortgage. I have to pay because I got myself into the American dream. I did that. So when you could say what you're not going to do, what you're going to absolutely going to eliminate from your life, that really gets to open up what you want to do. And when you have that, um, that freedom that we have, we've done a major pivot because the, we had so much freedom in our life, but we still had these 20 weeks that we had these weddings or whatever. Like, wouldn't it be nice to be on the road? So each time we got a little more freedom, we wondered how could, can we get a little bit more? How do we do that? Oh, raise our prices just a little bit and do 15 weddings instead of 20. Well, that just freed up five weekends. Huh? Maybe we could do that to 12. It's just a steady, gradual process to the point where we have one wedding book next year and it's probably the last one we'll ever do because the coaching and everything like that has taken off so much, but I can do that from anywhere. I didn't see that coming, but that's what happens with freedom. You start getting more options. 
And I think the people that, that push back to you don't even realize and see that it being possible. And my job now, my goal is to open up people's eyes that it is. And not only is it, but it's imperative because like you said, that's the way the world is going. Yeah. No, I mean, everything you just said, and I want to say amen because, you know, what I teach, especially for online stuff is the most fundamental thing that we've all hit on time and time again. It's the mindset, like literally. And people are, you know, it's, it's the entrepreneurial mindset. You know, I've got some people who are like, well, it's the creative mindset. I'm like, no, a creative idea is creative. What you do with it is everything. And, and I, I just, I, because mm, I, I, I'm like you, I'm like, I want to awaken people that it's like when, when your immediate reaction is what bad thing could happen, then you're already done. Yeah. And, and like you said about the creative versus the entrepreneurial, I know a lot of creative broke people. I, I just, oh yeah. The cool starving artist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the photography world, you know how many people say, well, I don't really care about money, but I want to, but you go to this job every day. If you go here every day, you obviously care about money, <laughs> but because if you didn't, you would just take the pictures you want when you want, but yep. you obviously need them. So if you care about the money, you probably should care about your time because what we figured out is we were giving up 11 hours a day of our life for a hundred dollars. It wasn't the hundred dollars that was killing me. It was the 11, 11 hours a day that I was doing it for that I couldn't do other mm. stuff. I couldn't think straight. It wasn't the money, you know, it was the time. Cause if I could make that money in an hour, yeah. now I've created 10 more hours, maybe to, <laughs> to be healthier, to have yeah. better relationships and then to come up. It doesn't take that much to come up with a great business idea, but you need time and you need patience to execute it. What's the craziest thing that you're like, I can't believe now that I've, uh, now that I've cleared my life, I can't believe that I'm doing this. What's the craziest thing that's happened that you're just like in awe of? Well, this right now, I mean, we left New Year's Day from Pittsburgh in minus four degrees temperature. And we, you know, we rented a place here in Arizona for a month and then we're going to California for a month. And then we're still figuring out where we're going to go next. And I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah. You know, I just barely graduated high school. I was broke till I was 32 years old. Like, how did this happen? And yeah. with, with our family and we, and they get to meet all these different people and see, you know, that this is, I mean, we're, I think we're living right in the middle of it in terms of the craziness. And now you've got your own, choose your own adventure, real life. Yeah. And, 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 and my, you know, and it's not even like, I don't want this to be like, oh, I'm like the hero. Like, this is not it. But the point for me is anybody can do this. We are not gifted in any way. It's just my only thing that I do better is I don't stop. If you have the right mindset. Yeah. Yeah. But, but trust me, this is not like, oh, he's got this gift. I mean, even with photography, everybody's like, oh, you're so talented. I'm like, I got paid $20,000 for the first six years that I was a photographer. Like if I was that talented, wouldn't people have seen it sooner? Well, but you do have a gift. That gift is you're looking for opportunities and you see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am, I am passionate. For, I am hungry for that. And, and yeah. I, here's the thing. I have to remain that way. Otherwise I'm going to become stagnant no matter how much money you have or time. So that's what yeah. drives me. Last question, and I haven't asked this for a while on the podcast, but it seems really apropos. What is the one question you wish people would ask? Ooh, that is, what's the one? I mean, all these things, people throw all these things at you about freelance, 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 but you're like, man, I wish people would ask this. I wish, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a cop-out answer. I wish they would ask more questions. Ah, uh, no, I, Yeah. Most I people don't ask. They go, oh, no, I wish I could do that. Because the attitude is up front and they just ask, you know, yeah, I'll give you a statement like, yeah, it's cool for you. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I'll give, you, I'll give you, you know, a response. Like so many people I know that are struggling will tell you what's wrong. 
They'll tell you why they can't do it. They'll tell you they're lucky. The successful people I know, they ask questions. Yep. The more success, I'm amazed when I meet with like a multimillionaire and he's asking me questions. Like, what are you asking me questions for? Like, you're the one that did all that. They're always curious how other people do stuff. And I know so many quote unquote unsuccessful people that don't ask any questions. And I think that's the big difference. Yeah. What is that? Some people see the world as, you know, what it is and some people see you know what what could be yeah you know it's, it, it is like oh I, well i think that's why i i just can't even deal now with social media because everything is hyper political and everything is somebody else's fault except yep. for you there's no no personal responsibility to it yep. no no yep. like but it doesn't even like even like you said about sports like i'm a sport fan like we said i'm less and less every year but only 52 people are getting a ring from sunday night from the super bowl yeah all those other people going crazy they're not like I'm all be a fan. That's great. But it doesn't, don't let it affect your marriage or your life. You know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like, like go out and still figure something out because the Eagles aren't bringing you a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Very true, man. Very true. Well, Vince, uh, tell everybody else, all the particulars, where they can find you, where they find the book, all that good stuff. Yeah. It's pretty simple. The freelance tribe.com is our website. That's where everything's at. We have, we have a blog where we're, we're documenting the journey of this, of this trip. And you can get the book there, find out anything about what we're doing there. And you can find Freelance to Freedom anywhere, you know, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, any of the bookstores. So that's about it. I mean this when I say it has been a fun conversation and um, this has not been an interview by any shape or form. So I hope it, it stayed professional, but uh, I just thoroughly enjoy this conversation because I'm really, really, really hoping people are picking up on on your mindset and that I'm it's going to work attitude uh, I just I love it so yeah I can't say this enough uh, freelance freedom check it out uh, the roadmap for creating a side business to achieve financial time and life freedom so go check it out Vince I, I appreciate you as a person and uh, and and this is obviously the beginning we're gonna be we're, we're gonna do something cool I can sense it absolutely thank you this is such a pleasure such an honor and uh, I just really appreciate it All right, man. We'll see you. Take care. All right. There you go. Vince Puglisi, author of Freelance to Freedom. You got all his contact information. Seriously, go follow the guy. I think he's pretty darn inspirational. Loved the stories. Loved the the journey he's on. Um, All right. That's all I've got for today. If you want to hear more, make sure you go to facebook.com slash start it up. And Stephen gave me an extra copy or two of the book. So if you leave a comment there about the episode, you'll be in the drawing to win Vince's book. Other than that, this is Don Wetrick reminding you again that opportunities are everywhere. We'll see ya.